read 1 Corinthians, 1st chapter, verses 19 through 25. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Hey, Brother Glenn. Can you all hear me? Okay, I guess we got it set correctly. Good evening, brothers, sisters, friends. This evening, uh, I don't think Sister Helen is here. Uh, as she asked uh, Brother Wilton, uh, how long is this? Uh, said he hadn't given it before. Same thing applies to me. So uh, she could ask me that question or y'all could. Uh, we will uh, hopefully we can. Uh, bring some words to you here. This week uh, has been a wonderful school. We've seen, we've uh, been in many great classes, heard some lectures, mostly what I have to say tonight has been covered in some part. Uh, That's the, what happens when you're last, I guess, which happens a lot of times at Bible schools. Things are, are covered. But we want to look this evening at um, wisdom, salvation, a few things as we uh, prepare to depart from the school. Brother Robert read Saturday night in opening school from the Bible Companion. I'm going to read some more of those words that Brother Roberts wrote. He said, Salvation 
of the mind depends on the, on the assimilation to the divine ideas, principles, and affections exhibited in the scriptures. This process commences with a belief in the gospel, but is by no means completed thereby. It takes a lifetime for its scope and entiring diligence for its accomplishment. The mind is naturally alien from God and all his ideas. There's a reference to Romans 8 and 7, and we'll look at that in a minute. We also see that he says, away from this, the mind will revert to its original emptiness. And we know that without study, without looking at the scriptures on a daily basis, the Bible companion is our is a guide that we can uh, use. We know that the salvation of the mind. Romans 8-7 reads, Because the carnal mind, or as the Diaglot says, the mind of the flesh is enmity to God. Diaglot says to God. In the 8th verse, So then, they that are of the flesh cannot please God. So we have this alienation. The mind of God is enmity with God. James 4.4 We read, Ye adulterers, grant ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. And adulteress adulteress is here is unfaithfulness to God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So we see the idea this evening that we want to present is this Enmity against God, the uh, that we need something else to get back to God. As we read, salvation, which is from sin, we have to get back. There's a uh, something that has to be salvaged. this penalty of sin. We want to talk about wisdom and foolishness now to, uh, to go along with, with this. The, uh, something we must have for salvation is wisdom. It is something we do not possess naturally. Wisdom is divine education, spiritual training, learning, assimilation, 
and putting into practice God's truth. It must be a daily commitment on our part. And in Psalms 119, verse 129, and uh, verse 30, Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple or to the young. Also in the Bible, companion in the opening remarks that are are given there, we see that spiritual mindedness is mentioned. And it can only grow within us by daily communication with the mind of God. Spiritual mindedness is wisdom. In 1 Corinthians 2, 12-15, Paul speaks about divine wisdom. And from the Diaglot, the reading is, Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but that spirit which is from God, that we may know the things graciously given to us by God, and which things we speak, not in words, taught by human wisdom, but by the teachings of the Spirit, unfolding spiritual things to spiritual persons. In verse 14, Now an animal man does not require the things of the Spirit of God, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, excuse me, for they are foolishness to him. And he is not able to understand because they are spiritually examined. But the spiritual man examines indeed all things, yet he is examined by no one. Wisdom is knowing and doing that which is best. That is, living in harmony with God's plan. The scriptures say that others, that all others are fools. Wisdom is the divine, is the desire to thoroughly examine ourselves and try to eliminate all that is out of harmony with God. And try to develop within us the qualities that are pleasing to our Heavenly Father. Wisdom and fool are contrasted many times in the Scriptures. The fool is being self-confident, relying on self, motivated by natural thinking. Proverbs 28:26 says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Psalm 14.1 and also Psalm 53.1, we see the same, the thought. The fool hath said in his heart, what did he say? 
There is no God. I want to read a uh, a few words from Help Us Israel. Brother Thomas here, speaking of the nature which we possess. This enemy within the human nature is the mind of the flesh, which is enmity against God. It is not subject to his law, and neither indeed can be. Which is what we read from Romans 8-7. The commandment of God, which is holy, just, and good, being so restrictive of the propensities which in purely animal men display themselves with uncontrolled violence, makes them appear in their true colors. These turbulent propensities, the apostle styles, sin in the flesh. This is human nature and the evil in it made so apparent by the law of God. This is the accuser, adversary, and culminator of God whose stronghold is the flesh. It is the devil and Satan within the human nature or this enemy, this sin in the flesh. So that when a man is tempted, he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. If a man examine himself, he will perceive within him something at work, craving after things which the law of God forbids. Human nature, or sinful flesh, has three principal channels through which it displays its waywardness against the law of God. What are these three things? Y'all wake up. The lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. All that is in the world stands related to these points of our nature, and there is no temptation that can be devised, but that means, but what assails it in one or more of these three particulars. The sinful, the sinful nature we inherit, it is our misfortune, not our crime, that we possess it. Our natural condition is a sinful nature. Naturally, we do not have wisdom. The wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. All worldly knowledge is foolishness. We can say then that one thing is wisdom and that is godliness. Regardless of the tremendous mental accomplishments of man, such as Aristotle, some we've mentioned uh, already in, or we've heard already in our, in our classes this week. There are many uh, uh, Dr. Jonas Salk, uh, some we're familiar with, uh, 
Werner von Braun, the head of the rocket program, some of those people who had tremendous mental power far beyond normal, but did not have the godly wisdom which only leads to the grave. As we know, Genesis 3.19, Dust thou art, and into dust shalt thou return. Only one path leads to life. All the others lead to death. The path wisdom leads to life. Let us continually evaluate our actions and face the facts. Is it wisdom or is it foolishness? It is according to whether it contributes to godliness or not. It is very important that we distinguish between true wisdom, the wisdom of God, and worldly wisdom. They are not compatible, they are opposites. All throughout Scripture, the thoughts of natural man are described as false or foolish. In Jeremiah 10:23, we read, "O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps." Directing his steps is wisdom. Proverbs 21.16 The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. The present generation of man for, for all its knowledge and education and self-glorification and inventions is not closer to true wisdom No, not closer, but farther away. He is farther from it. These things are detriments to the true spiritual wisdom. True wisdom of the world pulls us from God. We cannot get caught up with the world, with our friends, with the things which we know are ungodly. Our friends, our co-workers, and others can influence us. 
We cannot get pulled into their mode of thinking. If our friends are doing things which we know are wrong, we need to let them know. And many times we probably need to find new friends. Generally, when some of our friends that we have, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about friends in the world that people we know, if they, that probably 90% of the time when, especially with the young people I'm talking to now, your friends, school and, and, uh, in that environment, they're going to have a greater influence on you generally than you will on them. Human nature is stronger. We are more likely to adopt and follow their ways than we are likely to change them. This animal nature is is a strong pull, and we must continually strive to maintain the spiritual mindedness and wisdom necessary to do God's revealed will. In the first three chapters of First Corinthians, Paul gives the divine estimation of all human thinking and natural materialism and expresses the foolishness of such empty thought and concepts. He says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. The wisdom of the world comes to naught. The Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, and they are vain. And in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 18 and 19, Paul puts these three chapters into perspective by categorizing human learning as a stumbling block in the way of life. Verse 18, Let no man deceive himself. If any man, if any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may become wise. And we know the example of Paul. We know the, the human learning that he possessed. We know that he had to cast off, basically, this learning that he had. He had to put it behind him as empty and useless. 
Verse 19 says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. The word wisdom occurs over 100 times in the Old Testament. And in many of the references, we are told that wisdom must be hunted for as treasure, diligently sought for, and we must strive after it. Well, how is that done? How do we strive after it? We strive after it through study, the meditation of God's Word. God's Word is where we have to start. Over half of the occurrences in the word of the word wisdom are where? In the writings of who? Solomon. Here was a man with every possible advantage and he started out so well and so wise. God gave him wisdom beyond any before or since except Jesus. As the record reveals to us, when Solomon was old, his alien, worldly wives turned his heart from God. For all his wisdom and his beautiful, clear and powerful writings about the wisdom of serving God, he was led to failure. Reading Solomon's words. It's a very sad reading when you read it and all and and uh, the things which he said and and as we read it we can be very sad at his situation, but to us it is very instructive. His words to us are very are very powerful. Solomon's failure does not detract, <clears throat> excuse me, anything from the value of wisdom. But it does teach us the tremendous power of the flesh. Solomon's wisdom served a divine purpose. His life was used to record essential teachings and lessons. He was tried and he failed because he forsook the way of wisdom. We can never take salvation for granted. It is a matter of an individual, all-out effort with fear and trembling.
in the book by Islip Collier, Conviction and Conduct. He says, there is only one work in which God has any actual need of your assistance, and that is in the work of your own salvation. If then God regards you with favor, from his point of view, your most important task in life is to make your own calling and election sure. All other work you may perform might just as well be done by others. All that is required of you is that within the limits of your opportunities, you shall do your best. And I would like to say at this point, if especially for you young people that have not read the book, a challenge to you, the next three to four weeks is to read, sit down and read this book. It's about 175 pages and it is, it is as the title says, Conviction and Conduct. And it would be worth doing. I know you can find plenty of time to read it. Speaking here of, uh, on page 162, teaching to be responsible, he says, teach them that they are responsible, that they can refuse the evil and choose the good, and can even exercise the control over their thoughts, and they will rise to the occasion. There will be a conscious choice, a conscious struggle against evil tendencies and evil environment, and a congruent development of personality is out of such a struggle that the sons of God are born. And as we look at wisdom, as we look at God's Word, as we try to strengthen our our minds with His Word. The first scriptural discussion on wisdom is in Job chapter 28. The first 11, in, in the first 11 verses, Job describes the tremendous effort and knowledge men will put forth for natural things. But in verse 12 we read, But where shall wisdom be found? Where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth saith, it is not in me. The sea saith, it is not in me. It cannot be gotten for gold and is greater than all treasure. In verse 20, that 28th chapter, we see, Whence then cometh wisdom? God understands the way and, and to man. He saith in verse 28, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. 
Solomon in Proverbs impresses us with the importance of wisdom. Proverbs teaches us the emptiness and foolishness of our natural minds and the need to search for wisdom. In Romans 8.6, For the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Here we have this spiritual mindedness. Only by constant assimilation, by constant study, by reading divine wisdom, do we ever become spiritually minded. If we neglect, if we do not study continually, we revert back to the original emptiness spoken of by Brother Roberts in the introduction to the Bible Companion. All the things around us tend to encourage and feed the mind of the flesh. Attaining divine wisdom is a slow and uphill battle for our mortal mortal and fleshly minds. In verse 7 of the first chapter of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools, or the foolish, despise wisdom and instruction. A recognition of the reality and authority of God is the very beginning of true wisdom. Wisdom, spiritual, scriptural wisdom is not hidden from man. God's beauty and order of creation is continually around us as revealed in the scriptures. All wisdom, all true knowledge and understanding must start with God's word. As we see from the introductory words in Proverbs, we all fall short in our search for divine wisdom. Do we drift along from day to day, taking for granted the salvation and wisdom revealed to us in the Scriptures? We must renew our minds daily, determined to use every effort and opportunity to know more and more of God and of the things that He has revealed to us. In Psalm 119, verse 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. 
Isn't this a wonderful condition? Have we great peace? Proverbs, the third chapter, gives us more words concerning wisdom. In verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Think about this promise, brothers, sisters, friends. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. God will not direct our paths unless we do our part and acknowledge Him in all our ways. The desire to please God must be foremost in our mind at all times, and this desire must be stronger than any other desire that we might have. I want to read a paragraph out of the the book by Brother John Pete called What is Truth? The winds of change were swept violently over this world in the last half century. The wind, I'm sorry, excuse me. The winds of change have swept violently over this world in the last half century, changing radically its social structure and sense of values. Our Christadelphian body has not escaped altogether from these worldly influences. We and our, we and our children must have much contact with the world as we strive to survive in an increasingly complex society whose increased pace of life leaves people confused and exhausted. Our children are subjected to the new ways of thinking and standards of morality. They naturally accept without too much question what they learn in schools and from their worldly associates. Humanism and even atheism are increasingly supplanting religious thought in the more populous churches. What people feel is good for survival and human concerns largely displaces concern for divine standards of human conduct. As we see the things which Brother Peake said there, and as we Think of the things that are around us. In school today, we don't have any children in that age group anymore, but uh, you young people know the things you get, uh, the things we hear on the news, it's frightening for all of us. The things that are accepted. with evolution, abortion, the things which are accepted in this world. 
strictness overcomes liberality or being liberal. As parents, we can be tight and loosen up, but it's much harder to be loose and try to tighten up. I know that from being a parent. I also know it from refereeing basketball games for 25 years. Uh, you can start out refereeing a ball game, and if you start out too loose, it's mighty hard to get control of that game later on. You've got to uh, and as a as a parent, I think we all we have to look at that analogy. And now for all of us, you young people especially, uh, speaking of the, as we get ready to leave the Bible school, this week of study is not just a weekly study. It's not just going to Sunday school on Sunday. We need to, I'd like to impress on all of us, young and old, it's a daily thing. Brother Roberts, as the Bible companion, it's a guide. No one can say, well, I didn't know what to read or what to study or what to do. It's there for us every day. It, it tells us what to read every day. There's no excuses. As the flesh which we possess, we can always find time to do the things which we want to do. So let's make sure we make the time to do what we need to do, which is read God's Word, to study it. And as we study God's Word, as we've heard this week, in our classes and, and lectures. We, as Brother Don Northey, one of the words he said was have was a vision. We can't be complacent, which was another word in our classes. And we have this vision. We have God's plan unfolded before us. The culmination of Christ. And as we study, this wisdom leads, hopefully, those of us who are, of you who are studying, to baptism. And we know that We have to get out of Adam and into Christ. For those of us who are baptized, we have to continue. We still have to study. This wisdom has to be increased. Christ is our wisdom. 
and our wisdom is Christ. In Him and through Him and because of Him are all things. In Him, declared Paul to the Colossians, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And let us not leave this Bible school and not continue to study, to read, to increase in wisdom and knowledge. Let us therefore live in Him and for Him. Grow up unto Him in the wisdom of God through the Word. For wisdom is the principal thing. Thank you.